Hello and welcome back to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. We're so happy to have you here. I'm Mike Pratz, and with me today are Cray Bolger and Jacob Avila. Hello. Good morning. Today we're going to be discussing an article titled Emergency Physician Interpretation of Point of Care Ultrasound for Identifying and Grading of Hydronephrosis in Renal Colic Compared with Consensus Interpretation by Emergency Radiologists. This was published in Academic Emergency Medicine, April 2018. This is an important issue because I think that renal ultrasound is being used more and more in the emergency department and acute care setting in the setting of looking for nephrolithiasis. As you guys know, there's been some great articles recently that show doing an ultrasound first approach is probably safe and a good idea if you care about avoiding unnecessary radiation. If you care, exactly. If you care at all, it's probably something you should do. Well, in any case, this brings up a good question. We're all doing a lot of renal ultrasound, but do we know how accurate that point-of-care ultrasound is compared to a comprehensive ultrasound and compared to CT? And so that's what this paper is looking at. It's saying how accurate can the emergency physician interpret a point-of-care ultrasound compared to an emergency radiologist interpreting the same ultrasound? And then how accurate are either of those populations to a CT scan looking for hydronephrosis? Jacob, walk us through this study. So this was a kind of a database study. They initially in between 2014, 2015, uh, did a study and they actually looked at 982 patients with suspected renal colic, huge number here. And then they found out which one of those had a full ultrasound, uh, done by an emergency physician and had a CT scan done within 24 hours of when that ultrasound recording was done. And they got that number down to 651. So it's a pretty significant end here, 651 patients. And what they did was they essentially did like a quiz study. So they had this video set and there were four video clips with six second durations each looking at the long longitudinal and transverse view of both of the kidneys. And they had trained emergency physicians uh, look at the uh, videos. Now, they all had a minimum training criteria, all the EPs that looked at this, and it was a 30-minute didactic teaching session and the performance of 35 renal ultrasound scans under supervision. And they compared that to a radiologist looking at those same images that the emergency physicians got. And then they also compared both of those to a gold standard CT scan. So basically, they had an emergency physician look at some images that they didn't record. Then they had the radiologist look at some images that they didn't record. And they saw, do you guys think this is the same degree of hydro or whether there is hydro or not? Then they looked at the corresponding CT scan and saw if their determination agreed with the CT. Is that about right? Sounds right. So they had 651 patients. About 70% of them had hydro by radiologists. Most of those were determined to be mild hydro. 73% had hydro by CT scan. 
and a median stone size of four. So the primary outcome was how did the ER doctor do compared to the radiologist, which I thought was kind of an interesting pick for their primary outcome gold standard, but we did okay. We had an 85% sensitivity and a 66% specificity with a positive likelihood ratio of 2.5 and a negative likelihood ratio of 0.22. So how do we do compared to CAT scan, which I think most of us would consider the gold standard? The ER doctors had a sensitivity of about 81%, and the radiologists had a sensitivity of about 85%. So we did, if you look at the um, confidence intervals, we actually did fairly similar to the radiologist. And we also had slightly worse specificity, unfortunately. So we were at about 59.4%, with radiology hitting 79.7%. Neither were that great compared to CT. Yep. So when we just looked at severe hydro, which is like, whoa, that kidney's messed up, in very technical terms, of course, ED docs had almost 95% specificity. Uh, Radiology had about 97% specificity. The ED attendings did a little bit better, 98% compared to 92% compared to the resident. Yeah, and that was for moderate and severe hydro grouped together. I think their line of thinking was that's probably what's going to change your decision-making the most. At least for me, if somebody has mild hydro, doesn't usually change it too much one way or the other. But if they have a significant hydro, moderate or severe, then I'm thinking there's a good chance this may need an intervention of some sort. Right. Another thing to note is the time between POCUS and CAT scan, because in theory, if you have a decent-sized stone obstructing, your ultrasound could be a lesser degree of hydro than your CAT scan. There was 104 minutes... So almost two hours between the bedside ultrasound and the CT scan, which if you're hydrating these people and treating them like a flank pain and trying to pass a stone, there's a good chance that hydro is increasing in that period of time. 21 CTs said signs of recently passed stone. Radiology disagreed on the presence of hydro in about 10 cases. All of these were mild, which again are kind of in the meh, do we really care category. And the radiologist had an intra-observer agreement of a kappa of 0.77 and 0.82 for their grading. Radiologist versus CT scan, so if we look at the intra-rater, 0.47 on the kappa and 0.64 on the grading. So radiology didn't do that great either compared to CT scan. Yeah, I think that what these results are showing us is that it's easy to disagree on hydronephrosis. And the main disparity here is between mild hydro. Is it nothing or is there mild hydro? And that I think we've all seen clinically. If you have a high pretest probability and you're looking at that kidney squinting, you're like, I know they have a stone on the left side. And you look at that left kidney, you're like, yeah, there's probably some mild hydro there. But if you have a really low, a really low pretest probability that this is a kidney stone, you're probably a little more quick to say that there's no hydro. And that's just something that we all have to deal with. It's kind of an implicit Uh, bias that we go in with. When these people who are not taking care of the patient, it's very difficult for them to determine between mild hydro and the absence of hydro. Well, and the EP is also almost always overcalled the hydro rather than undercalling it, which I think fits in line with what we're trained to do, which is to make sure we're not missing something potentially dangerous to the patient. So when in doubt, we tend to overestimate Um, in order to do something protective for the patient, like not miss a stone, Um, which I think is different when you don't have a patient in front of you and you just have pictures. 
Um, I think the other thing is rarely do we have the outcomes and the follow-up test and comparing ultrasounds to CAT scans. That's just not something we typically do. We may confirm our reads, but rarely are we confirming images side by side. And something that you brought up with the other results as well, Cray, that attending physicians were significantly more sensitive than the residents or the physicians in training. The attendings, when they're looking for the presence of hydro, had a sensitivity of 97%, and the residents, it was more like 90%. To me, that's pretty significant results. But that makes sense. I mean, the, the more experience they have, the more accurate they're going to be or the more sensitive they're going to be, right? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, being more sensitive, that brings down their specificity, too. So residents were actually more specific than 70% compared to around 60%. So what do we do with this data? How does this help us? Or how does it hurt us? I think it says we're doing okay. We're doing what we want it to do, right? We're not missing the big and scary ones. And we probably don't care that much about mild hydro. And it sounds like most people aren't very good at mild hydro. So if you miss the mild hydro or you overcall it, you're probably in line with the majority of physicians, even radiologists who look at hundreds and thousands of kidneys in their lifetime. You know, like these... These are people who not only is renal CT, but renal ultrasound is part of their daily life. And it's a fraction of the ultrasounds that we look at in the emergency department. So I'd say we're doing okay. All right. That's a fair interpretation. I think that there's a lot of limitations that we need to talk about too, because we always advocate for using point of care ultrasound as the clinician. You know, I think the cornerstone is that this is an ultrasound modality that you're integrating with your clinical practice. And in the case of this study, these were just clips that were saved and interpreted by people that never actually saw the patient or were caring for them. So it's a little bit limited in that this isn't actually how you would want to use this modality. But I think for the purposes of their study, I understand why they did it this way, and it allowed them to get a lot more patients. The other thing is that there was relatively few moderate and severe hydro exams. They tried to do that subgroup analysis to see if people were more accurate at more severe grades of hydro. And that was a small percentage of their overall population. So we have to be a little bit careful what conclusions we draw from that data set. And overall, remember that this was a study that assessed for hydronephrosis. This isn't really a patient-centered outcome. We don't really know if the degree of hydronephrosis actually correlated to anything bad happening in this case, nor is this helpful for the diagnosis of nephrolithiasis as the cause for their symptoms. This is merely a radiographic finding of hydronephrosis. I think putting it all together, this is a really important study because like a couple other studies that we've reviewed recently, it tells us that there is some disagreement in the interpretation of these scans that are being commonly done. And to me, that tells me we need to get better at this so that we can more accurately use these point of care scans to guide our management. I think another point is always follow up on your scans to know if you're accurate or not. You don't get better by being like, high five me and never knowing what the actual answer was. So if there is a comprehensive or more definitive study being ordered, follow up so you can change your schemas. Now, I have a question for you guys, and we may have discussed this on the last article that we did on hydronephrosis, but there's not a overall agreement with 
when to do a CT after you do an ultrasound because that really hasn't been studied. So I'm curious to hear your practice patterns. If you have a patient you suspect has a kidney stone, you do an ultrasound, what, at what point are you getting a CT after that? Well, for me, it's just kind of like the kind of guideline stuff. I mean, uh, according to that last study, like if they have a history of having ureteral colic and they say like, this is very similar to my ureteral colic pain, they have no risk factors for like AAA or dissection or anything weird, and they have no or mild hydro. I'm not getting the CAT scan, <clears throat> but in that same patient, if they have moderate or severe, I'm much more likely to get the CAT scan. And then if they're like 90 years old and are a smoker and have high blood pressure and diabetes and stuff, like I'll probably end up getting the CAT scan just to make sure and I'm not missing pulsatile something. Pulsatile abdominal mass. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's in the low-risk patient. I think that the ultrasound makes me much more comfortable with not getting the CAT scan. But in the high-risk patient, it doesn't really help all that much other than speed things up for me as far as like what I think it is. So I think for me, I'm a little bit different. Mild to moderate, positive UA, patient's pain's controlled, no signs of infection. I'm using my ultrasound alone. Can't control the pain, signs of infection, or high risk for other life-threatening diagnosis. I'm getting the CAT scan or no previous confirmed stone. I'm very similar to you guys. I like that. So you're taking into account a lot of important information. One, have you diagnostically closed the gap between nephrolithiasis and other important considerations? Two, do they have signs of infection where you'd be worried about an infected obstructing stone? And three, do they have a significant amount of hydronephrosis where you think that this is going to be a, uh, a problem that requires an urologic intervention in the near future. So that's kind of what I'm what I think about it too. All right. So let me summarize this study. This was a secondary analysis of a previously prospectively enrolled patient population. In this analysis they had 651 patients. Their primary outcome was the sensitivity and specificity of an emergency physician diagnosing hydronephrosis compared to a radiologist and they found a sensitivity of 85.7% and a specificity of 65.9%. So likelihood ratio positive 2.5, negative 0.22. And then when they compared it to the CT, the sensitivity and specificity dropped a little bit, and the radiologist seemed to have a little bit better performance compared to the CT. So the take-home points that I took home from this article, there is some disagreement in diagnosing hydronephrosis on point-of-care ultrasound, especially mild hydronephrosis. The specificity seems to improve when we're talking just about moderate or greater amounts of hydronephrosis. In this study, 94.6% specificity. And there did seem to be variation depending on the level of training of the operators. I would like to thank the authors for performing this study. Again, important in that it adds to our growing body of literature for renal ultrasound. And thank you for listening. Feel free to check out our website, ultrasoundgel.org, to find out more. You can also find a list of curated point-of-care articles there, or check us out on Facebook, Google+, or Twitter. We'll talk to you later. More. More. Gel. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Ultrasound gel podcast. I sure as heck do. I always love to call.